here is our very first Puyallup Nissan podcast with Dylan Stringer and Luke Corum. Dylan, introduce yourself. Hello, I'm uh, Dylan Stringer, been here about 18 months. This is our first ever podcast. We've been going TikTok live for the past few weeks. We're trying we, to upgrade a little bit. We're trying to upgrade and uh, we've never used this Anchor app and we don't even have a name for this podcast and we don't even know, I shouldn't say it, if we're <laughs> going to publish it. Yeah. But more importantly, I've been curious in, about podcasts for years because I've listened to a ton of them. I've always wanted to start one. I heard that, to t- ch- check out this stat, Dylan. So, like, there's something been like 10 million podcasts started in the United States in the last five years, and only less than 1% make it past episode 10. Really? Yeah. Do you think we could make it past episode 10? Yeah, but it, why do they stop? Why would the podcast stop? I think they just like get discouraged. They don't think people are going to like listen or they think they're not interesting enough. Um, life gets busy. Like it was cool. Like you, I don't know. Like the only thing I can relate it to is like I stopped and started like tons of social media stuff over the years. And TikTok was the first thing, which I'm coming up on a year anniversary. That's kind of why I want to start this podcast start something new start something new uh posting daily obviously i'm not going to do a podcast daily but most people just give up yeah i think i think we can get past 10 um but will people watch past 10 i think that if we like promote it so there's two types of podcasts i think you could do this so the first one that was kind of interesting to me is an internal podcast you heard of those Mm -mm. so you actually just post them to people that are in your community and they're the only ones that listen to it and and like i think you like put a passcode in so it has to be like a neighborhood friendly i guess you could say well no nothing neighborhood friendly i mean podcasts we could be a little more open because we're not attached to like a social media site but uh like let's say we wanted to just talk to employees and like find out what's happening like you know my dad who's owned this place for like you know 50 years or whoever and be like hey bill what's going on with construction and he gives you an update and it was just dedicated for the employees to listen to because Mm. they're able to keep updates because it affects their life like oh like my service department or my showroom is getting torn half down and you could update people rather than like some boring email or whatever you could make it kind of like imagine if you worked every day and for the last five minutes you had to talk about your day and only managers and owners got to listen to it so they could kind of dissect in to be yeah what happened with your employees without, you know, and it's, it's no one else is going to, no one else is going to hear it. Yeah. Your managers and owners and stuff. So it's a good way to, I never thought of like a podcast actually working in a way for like, like is it benefit, benefit like a, a cause work. you get like those long emails from like work or whatever that are like, dude, I can't go through this whole podcast or this whole email. Like, and then your email breaks and then you find out like you missed something really important. Like, wait, payday changed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where, like, if you were, like, informed through something... Because I'm, like, an audio guy. I don't know about yeah, you. Like, I listen to all my books. I can't read. I so. can't. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Yeah, it's not just talking about BS. It could actually be used for common things that you need, You need, right? I mean, yeah. you can use it for everything. Yeah, I would be... You know, if this podcast, whatever this is right here, uh, got out to, like... Even, like, 500 people. And I had, like, the same, like, low goals for the TikTok, which is now, like, hovering around, like, 80,000 followers and, you know, several million views a, month, or a week. Um, 
But then again, you kind of get pigeonholed with some of like the uh, TikTok stuff. Because like if I wanted to post about something that was interesting, that was non-car related, like I, one, I'm not an expert enough to talk about it. So like if I was going to talk about the economy and you don't want to hear advice yeah. from me. But two, like TikTok will like be like, yeah, we ain't going to post push this video out because this dude's here yeah. just to talk about, about cars. That's all they want. All that. Yeah. Have you tried posting a normal TikTok not about cars? I did one, one time my buddy was in a band and he wanted me to promote his like upcoming concert. He was doing a concert like in Southern California and they're just like a small little band. And, um, he wanted me, he's like, Hey, you got at the time, like 40 or 50,000 followers. Can you do like a cool post about like my band, like at this bar and we're reuniting and all this stuff. And I, uh, oh, we got a phone call. Wrong so that's what happens in the middle of this podcast. Yeah, we uh, Bye. Bye. have to take phone calls. Yep. But anyway, so like I, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Like, but then when I was like, how am I going to make a TikTok post that people in Southern California are even going to see? It's not like a Facebook post where you like have your friends and family and all that share it. So I had to be like, dude, what do you guys drive? And he's like, um, we drive like a Chevy Astro van or something like that. And I was like, dang. I was like, how many miles are on it? And he's like, I don't know, like 200,000. I was like, all right. So send me a picture of, and I did it. I was like, I think I like stitched a video. I was like, hey, these guys are my friends. They're reuniting, touring or whatever. But like, uh, I had to like, kind of like weave my way into like yeah. making about a car. I was like, this is their car they drive. I wish they drove a Nissan, obviously, because we're a Nissan store. And, and he's then, in a band. Yeah, <laughs> he's in a band, he's gonna be touring. Have you ever been done music? Nope. Oh, actually in uh, fifth grade, I was in, uh, I was a drummer. And uh, so I was, I was a drummer and I got to wake up two hours earlier than I was supposed to, to go to the high school to practice drum class. And I was like, why did I sign up for this? I had to, because I was in fifth grade, so I had to get on the, the middle school and high school yeah. bus, right? And I had to go in, go to the music class, and uh, do it for like an hour. Then I'd have to go to elementary school and go to my actual school, and it was miserable. Because I can't, I have no rhythm yeah, when, it comes to, when it comes to music or dancing, I can't do either. And I'm half Spanish, you know, so I thought I'd have a little something, yeah. you know, a little rhythm. My mom even makes fun of me, actually. Is she good she, at music? Yeah, she can dance. Oh, yeah. That's how they, my parents kind of met. They oh, went to dancing crazy. and everything, and I just can't dance. That's right, because your mom's from, or she she's has, Mexican, yeah. So and then your, Mexican. your dad is Scotland. from Scotland. Yep. That's quite the mix. I know, I know. It's weird, right? Yeah. They just met in the middle. So and they made a damn good car salesman. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't proud of it. At, they weren't, they weren't what, proud of it at first. So since this is going to be kind of auto-related and career-related, that's where I think this podcast is going to go when I talk with people. Um. What did? You, how long did you think you were gonna last in this business? Like when you got hired? A month. <laughs> but really? No, I really was. I, I was confident. I convinced myself that I was confident. But everybody else was like, "Dude, you're gonna fucking fail." I was like, "Really? Yeah." Like my my owner at work, uh, not my owner, but uh, my my uh, corporate manager was like, "All right, I'll see you in three months." And I was just like, "What?" I was like, "What do you mean by that?" And she's like, "Well, everybody comes back after three months." I was like, "Okay." And then. Um, when I first started working here, I was kind of talking to Boot because that was my trainer, right? Yeah. And he was like, he was like, oh, if you would have went to Larson, you would have already been back at Trappers. And I was like, really? 
And I was like, is it really that tough? Like, is this really that hard? Yeah. And then Boot was like, well, sell me a car. And then you can see how hard it is. And I was like, and I tried to sell him a car and I just sound like a complete idiot. <laughs> I was yeah. like, maybe, maybe this is going to be a lot harder. Also, when I was growing up, I had a, I had a IEP is what they call it. Individual learning plan or something like that. Yeah. So I was in like the special ed or whatever, right? And yeah. I'm like thinking to myself, okay, how am I supposed to like do a job that takes all this paperwork, all this, uh, like, 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 like. People go to college to do this, it seems like, right? Yeah. People go to college to like for finance and all that. How am I going to go with a high school diploma? But they really don't. I know, they don't. I, they don't. I thought I was convinced that they did, you know? I was like, I'm going to walk in here and, you know, all these guys went to college for sales. They went to like finance school. That's the crazy part about um, if you take it like outside of the big metropolitan. So we're 30 miles south of Seattle here in a town called Puyallup. If you take all these little suburbs around the country or even communities that are far away from these big metropolitan areas, generally speaking outside of obviously like the doctors in the town and like, you know, some of the high officials, the highest paid people in communities are salespeople and Mm -hmm. they have the smallest education. Like the barrier to entry, sadly, is you don't even need to have a high school education. I've, I've hired tons of people in this business. Like I said, it's a family business. And that's never been once. I mean, I think it has some little thing like, what's your education? But like, if you could come in here and we're a transparent, honest place and show that you have skill like you have. It, to be honest, it's really annoying to hire for salespeople because a lot of times when they have higher education, that doesn't relate to They're them. They're just cocky, you know? Or like maybe they do it their own way. Yeah. That's also another thing. I was brand new. I didn't know idea what I was doing. I didn't even know what MSRP was. What was like the car deal or the car week? That you realize, like, okay, I think I got this. It was after January. So I got, I hired in September, October, November. It was probably December, December, around Christmas time. Yeah. Yeah. When I sold, when I got my first, uh, when I, when I sold my first, I think I sold 14 cars one month and I was just like, okay, I got this. Um, the thing with me though, is I'd get really hot and cold. Really? Very, very hot and cold. I'd go like 10 days and sell a car. Then I'd sell like four in a week, four in a week, four in a week, end with like, 12 or 13, 14. But then those 10 days, you know, you're sitting there, you're like, what the hell's going on? And now over here, it's not as bad. It's not like that anymore. I usually That's right. Cause you consistent. started selling on the new side yeah, in the beginning. It was different. It was a lot different. You know, did, did you, you, so you like it better over here selling oh, used cars? Yeah. So the yeah. way our place is, we have a new car store, then about a hundred yards away of a used car store. And in between we have about 70 used cars and about depending on the time of year, but two to 300 new cars. Yeah. I like both of them equally. I mean, selling new cars and used cars are way different, but they're both different in a good way. So, um, no, I don't know. But there was a few times, like I got my first sale. That was good. But there was one day where like, I was like trying to sell a car and I could tell the reason they didn't buy is because I had anxiety and I was like, I can't do that. Cause you gotta be calm. Yeah. That's what I figured out is the more calm you are, the more everything goes so smoothly. And I was kind of freaking out and they were freaking out. Cause they're like, I want to buy this car, but you're kind of freaking me out. And I was just like, I'm freaking out too. I don't know what I'm really doing. So at that point I kind of like realized like, okay, let's, let's kind of dissect this, you know? And what, what I learned was, it was just on the job training. Nothing like I tried going home and watching like how to sell a car on YouTube yeah. and it worked out a little bit, you know, I yeah. learned a little things, but it was nothing like where I, nothing like really hit home, I guess. But here, I think staying calm, staying calm, cool, calm and collective is the Who, best. Who like stayed calm, like a person like that you Rocky. saw? Rocky. Rocky. Oh yeah. He always stayed like uh-huh. calm and collective. I think that's when I became really comfortable is when I married up with Rocky. Married up means that you just are sales partners. 
And then you, your sales partner's up here with obviously your childhood best friend. Mm -hmm. So that worked out. But what did Rocky teach you in those first few months when you partnered up with him? Yeah, be calm in uh, customer service. You gotta be, yeah, you gotta give great customer service. So you don't, you don't worry about how much money you're making. You gotta worry about how great of customer service you're giving. And that's a big thing. That's why I excel too, is because in Trappers, everybody loved me because the customer service. They loved my food and they loved the, t- the conversation. And here they love the conversation, they love the car. It's the same thing, just different. So your background is in the restaurant industry. For some reason, the restaurant industry is a great segue into the car business. If anybody happens to ever hear this and they're sitting in a restaurant, what would you tell them? Like, uh, If they're working in a restaurant, yeah, I would say just do it. <laughs> just take the leap. Because I know you're comfortable. You know, I was comfortable. Everybody's comfortable, but it's not worth it. You know, if you can c- control how much you make, other than clock in every day and then get forced to make that. I mean, unless you're really passionate about it and you want to do your own restaurant, but at some point you just got to take a leap, you know? Like, is there people in your past in the restaurant you're like, man, they would have been a really good salesman if they ever made this switch? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a few. I can think of a few. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they just got, you know, we have Jimmy here who made this switch in his 40s. Mm-hmm. You obviously made it in your 20s. Jesse made it in his 20s. Really, there's not, like, we've had people from all different backgrounds, from, like, you know, in the TV world and different, like, high professions and insurance agents and restaurant business is by far, bartenders obviously included in that. That is so weird to me. And they literally come in and, like, you, I mean, we don't have to tell you exactly how much you make, but you doubled what you made yeah. in the restaurant business. Yeah, doubled, yeah. And you didn't have to go to go down to a community college or... Do anything, yeah. Or go right down the street. Go get a bunch of student loans or like anything. Oh, yeah, I have no student debt or anything like that. So you literally could be sitting in the restaurant business and have the skills to double your income. Mm -hmm. Without even knowing it. Yeah. And obviously, it all all depends on, you know, the time. If if you're like, time right now, I mean, we're making really good money, but it's kind of like a recession. So it is a little bit scary. You know, but then again, it's really not, right? Because I started selling cars after COVID. So I don't know what it was like before. Yeah. And then people are like, oh, it's getting back to normal. And it's like, what is normal? You know, it's just always different. Like, it's never the same. I think that's what this podcast will probably explore a lot of. It's like, what is the normal car business after this? Like, uh, is electric cars going to be normal? Is like internet, you know, sales? I highly doubt that. We're sitting here staring across the street from a CarMax, (laughs) you know, that obviously does really well. And they, they, they're the king of the hill for used cars in this in this town and a lot of other towns but i don't know but so this is gonna be the first episode we have way more to explore we're gonna talk a ton more to dylan we are about to close i just want to get this thing out there we'll review this and hopefully this makes it out probably will um but the next episodes we're gonna explore a lot of that stuff just like what's the car business look like what's a career in the business look like the ins and ups and downs of, of all the car selling and servicing. I'll get some service guys talking with them too, parts guys, admin, everybody. So this will be the first ever Piat Nissan. Hopefully we have a way better name here in the future <laughs> podcast. Adios. See ya.